We're told as business owners to go big or to go home. And we're challenged to believe that if our dreams don't scare us, they're not big enough. But how do we set realistic expectations for ourselves and the timeline for those big dreams to come true in a world where everybody would love us to believe that we can get six figures in six months or less? That's what we're diving into today, finding the balance between our really big dreams and our realistic timeline. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Heather Gray. Welcome to Business Mindset Mastery, where I work with business owners just like you to get out of your own way and on with running the business that you want. You can always learn more about me over at heathergrayconsulting.com. Now, today's listener question is such a good one, and I want to dive right in because I think what she's illustrating for a lot of us is the external pressure to believe in the picture of the entrepreneurial life and how do we balance it with the realistic life of household responsibilities, kid responsibilities, life responsibilities, not to mention realistic timelines for what it really takes to get a small business off the ground. So let's dive into her letter and I'll find you on the other side. Hi, Heather. My question is this. I'm an entrepreneur and I'm in my first year of business. I'm a relationship coach and educator, and I had very high hopes for taking off and having a lot of success in my first year. Things haven't gone as I had hoped, and so now I'm recalibrating my expectations. I'm still very committed to my business and the work that I'm doing, and I'm not doubting that I will find success that I envision, just that I think it will probably be slower than I originally thought. I also think that there have been times in in the past where I have, as you said on your podcast, I've gotten in my own way and let fear or discomfort slow me down. I sometimes get caught in wondering how much opportunity that has cost me and maybe also whether or not I really need to be careful about how I recalibrate my expectations going forward so that I don't continue to miss opportunities or give myself too many passes. I should say that I'm a mom of two small kids and one of the reasons I needed to slow down and didn't hit all of those success markers is that I was hoping the last year I was hoping the last year was because I wanted to prioritize time with them. I'm realizing that I could, even though they're both in school now for a good chunk of the day, allow the work of parenting to take up a lot of my available time and energy. And in some cases, I want to be able to give my kids a lot more than I got as a kid of two working parents. But I don't want to let parenting slow me down so much that I'm not really giving my business a chance. What advice would you have for someone in my situation who's struggling with this? Okay, let's dive in. I I love your question. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. And I really do think I can help you. Because what you're talking about is you have two competing priorities and two competing values. You want to be able to give your time to your business. And you want to be able to give time to your kids. And I think that you naming that and getting crystal clear about it, that one of your goals in life is that you want to be a more available parent for your kids than you experienced growing up is is such good clarity because that is the place that you can make those decisions from and that's how you can use it as a benchmark and a guidepost. I think one of the things that happens 
and this happens to a lot of people who are location independent and work from home, is that because you were home, you start to feel that more immediate pull of the dishes in the sink, the laundry that needs to get done, the field trip permission slip that needs to get signed, the meal planning that needs to happen. And you start to feel that push-pull between mom mode and business boss mode. And they can feel like they're one in the same. One of the easy tactics that, well, it's, I would probably say simple, right? It's a simple idea, but sometimes it can be hard to execute and do on our own. But one of the tactics I try to teach people is that if you were managing this job, this business ownership, as if you were working for someone else and you were going to work, you would not during your working hours be able to go to the dry cleaner. You wouldn't during your working hours be able to go grocery shopping. During your working hours, start playing play dates. You wouldn't be able to do the mom things if you were doing your exact job as it is now for somebody else. So an easy way to make this decision, given that you see your school day and you see the hours that you have free, those are not times when you have your kids available to you. So you can spend that time working on your business with the understanding that time freedom and location freedom means that if one of them is sick, if there's an early release day, if there's a parent-teacher meeting, if there's a snow day, then you are going to, because you're the boss of your own business, be able to take the time off and to be present for them. But if they are not in the house, you don't need to be present for them. Your goal is parenting not housekeeping. So when you say you want to be more present as a parent, you get to do that if you keep your workday to their school hours. I would get really clear in your schedule. And one of the things I encourage a lot of working parents to do is to color code their schedule so that they can specifically, visibly, measurably, observably see when they are in work mode and only doing work tasks and when they are in home parenting mode and only doing home parenting tasks because it is too easy because you have the time or because you don't have that many things to do in your work day to take the back seat, to take your foot off the gas in your business, to say, oh, this is what time freedom looks like. This is what location freedom is like. Yay for me being able to be my own boss. It's so easy to make that decision. But if you remind yourself and you just simply ask yourself as a guidepost, like, you know, if I was working for someone else, would I be able to be doing what I'm doing right now? And if the answer is no, then I wouldn't do it. Because what we're trying to do before we do anything else is help you set up a structure, help you get really clear, firm boundaries around both of your priorities, your business and your parenting. And you have a lot of clear boundaries already around your parenting, but you don't have them around your business. So that is kind of like the first thing I would attack jumping out of the gate. It's very pragmatic. It's very skill-based. You just keep yourself to your schedule and you focus accordingly. Now, the idea of expectations and this idea that like sometimes you're going to say, you know what, like I know everyone sells six figures in six months, but I'm wise enough and I'm I'm aware enough of the way the business world works to know that it just might not happen for me. So, okay, 
what is a realistic expectation? Because I think what ends up happening for you is when you're like, oh, it's just not going to happen in the time frame I thought. It's not going to happen as fast as I thought, but it'll happen. That is not specific enough to work towards. So then when it's a rainy day or when it's a release day or when it's fill in the blank XYZ, it's so easy to back off and then tell yourself a story because like I said, it's not going to happen in the time frame. Rather than making sure you set a realistic time frame for yourself and realistic, specific, measurable goals, but that you can also, as you reflect on your behavior, reflect on how you're spending your time, that you can see a direct correlation in the actions you've taken to get to where you want to go. Because a lot of times when we lower our expectations, we lower our speed. So if you were planning a road trip and you know it takes 16 hours to get somewhere and you know that you wanted to leave early to avoid rush hour and you're not able to avoid rush hour, you end up on the road and you end up saying, you know what, like we're stuck in traffic. We're hardly going to move anyway. Let's just pull over and have breakfast. And no, we don't need to go to McDonald's. We don't need to eat crap. Let's sit down at a restaurant, have a real breakfast, and then let the traffic subside and then we can go back. Instead of what you want to do is say, like, I'm on a 16 hour road trip. I got a late start. I have to make up for lost time. There's two different attitudes around this. And what we want you to do is ask yourself, what would the boss of your business do? That so often we hold ourselves sometimes to a different standard. So it's you yourself as a person versus you yourself as a business owner. So if you look at the action steps you've taken in the past year to get where you want, is the boss pleased? Sure, the boss might know that you could have worked overtime. Sure, the boss might know that you could have like, you know, gotten up an hour early, gone to bed an hour late, worked on the weekends, but those are outside the expectations the boss set. The boss said parenting first. So you're not going to hold yourself to an expectation that goes outside the job description. But would somebody looking at how you spent your time, if they were the boss of your business, aware of the parameter set of your availability, would they give you a passing grade on how you spend your time? Would they be able to look at you and see the money-making, needle-moving decisions that you've made to bring in revenue to your business? Are you doing what you need to do to set up for lead generation? Are you showing up for yourself? Are you seeking out marketing opportunities? Are you engaging in marketing behavior to build the brand? Because so often when we decide that it's okay to slow down, when it's okay to set a realistic, you know, a a more realistic goal for ourselves, we simultaneously pull our foot off the gas and slow everything down. And what we want to do is make sure, given what you're accomplishing, What are the numbers you want to hit? How many clients do you want to be helping? How many products or services do you want to be selling? And what are you doing to achieve those goals? To do an inventory of your actions. 
Because then if you see like, okay, I want to be doing X number of cold calls a week, and you look and consistently see that you're coming in five to seven fewer cold calls a week, you're going to say, what do I need to do to get my numbers up? I want to increase the likelihood of getting more sales. I have to be outreaching to more people. And if you're consciously doing that and you still can't make the number, then you know it's not a realistic expectation. But when you are looking looking at the expectations that you have for yourself, the first thing you got to ask yourself is, am I shooting all over myself? Because so often our goals are a reflection of what we think we should be doing or what other people would be mentioning or what other people would be talking about. And we're not actually reflecting on what we want. So for example, one of the things that happened to me, and I don't know how long you've been listening to the show. I I know my longtime listeners have heard this story already, and I apologize for repeating myself, but when I started in the online space, I was really fortunate where I had really good exposure opportunities, really close to, you know, practically out of the gate. I built really good, you know, relationships. I did networking really well and I got a huge influx of clients right away. I was, you know, I had a full caseload, you know, pretty much by the end of my first year online. Well, one of the first things that ended up happening as a result of that initial popularity, that initial response to what I was offering is everyone's like, oh, are you doing a group program now? Are you scaling now? Like, how are you, um, how are you going to grow your business? What are you going to do next? And that's just always, always the entrepreneurial question. And it made me feel like that's what I should be doing. And it took me a really long time in a world where everyone says, well, you can't scale one-on-one services to really own that. For me, what lights me up is one-on-one work is working with people, individualizing and personalizing what we're offering them and what we're, you know, working on so that I'm not offering some generic, um, you know, uh, group model for them, but I'm really personalizing my response to them based on their individual things. That's what's important to me. But that is an entrepreneurial speak. That isn't what anyone else is talking about. I had to really own that I wanted to build my business differently. And it wasn't until I gave myself that permission that then I was able to move to the how. That's when I was able to say, okay, I don't want to, you know, a shiny digital course. I'm not looking to build a community and have a membership But yes, I want to expand my story of who I am and what I'm capable of and the amount of reach I can have. So as a result, I figured out how to scale my one-on-one services by offering my coaching on demand program where people pay me to be on retainer through Voxer, the voice messaging app. And now rather than having clients work with me scheduled in one-on-one sessions, I'm on call and available to them for when they have a question or when they don't. But even if they're not asking, Asking questions through a retainer model, I am able to get paid. I wasn't able to have that thought or that conversation with myself until I let go of looking at how everyone else was doing it and everyone else's definition of what entrepreneur, you know, sort of entrepreneurial thinking meant. I had to decide for myself. And, you know, one of the things that I would encourage you to do is to do that for yourself. I would look at your current suite of offerings, your current 
product, um, your service, whatever it is. And I would make gosh darn sure that this is a product, a service, a suite of services that you really stand behind, that light you up to serve, that light you up to deliver, and that really get your clients specific, measurable, observable results that you can feel good about and confident of. And when you know that you are selling something that you really believe in and that you know is needed and necessary, the next thing you really need to examine for yourself is how am I showing up? When was the last time I told people about this? When was the last time I tried to sell? What are the things that I am actively doing where I am asked, telling people, here I am, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is how I serve, and this is how I can help you. Because so often when people are saying they're lowering, lowering expectations of themselves, they go into the waiting game of waiting for the phone to ring or the email inbox to get full, rather than taking actions themselves, rather than saying like, I am you know, going to do um, XYZ to achieve ABC. They just play the waiting game and they wait for the clients to find them rather than going out to find the clients. So before you beat yourself up on opportunities you may have lost and money that you left on the table, I would really start to look at what are your daily activities that you're doing to get to your goal? Because what you might be finding is that you're not doing as much as you think you are. Um, and that, that will be an easy plan of attack. Now, the next thing is, is that it seems as you review your year, as you review like the opportunities that came your way, you are starting to recognize for yourself that there were a couple of times when you said no and you could have said yes or you didn't raise your hand or you didn't show up. I would take the time to jot out quickly why you think that is, what wasn't right about those opportunities what idea did you censor out? What thing did you say no to? Because you want to start to recognize a pattern. So for example, if you can kind of look at these examples of where you might have played small and didn't show up for yourself, maybe you realize you were invited to speak at different places and you're really not one for public presentations and you're not really one to show up in that way. Perhaps you notice that there were opportunities that were going to pay you larger sums of money than you're used to earning, and you ended up in some sort of money mindset grip. There can be a lot of reasons why you didn't say yes, why you didn't try. It could be imposter syndrome. It could be fear of failure. It could be any other sort of entrepreneurial invented thing. We want to know why you stopped. And then what I want you to do is return to this idea of expectations, of recognizing you're not going to shit on yourself and you are going to set yourself specific, measurable, vis like visible, observable goals so that you know when you've hit the benchmarks that you've arrived so that you're not just waiting and waiting. But you now know as a parent that there's more... Um, more presence, more availability that you want to offer your kids. So one of the things I would do is once you get crystal clear on what it is you want, that you feel confident in the suite of product and services you're offering, and you know that like you have a marketing plan to back it and a visibility plan to back it, the next thing we want to do is help you manage expectations. And the way we do that is through the planning process. Because what we want you to do is get crystal 
crystal clear on that destination. What is the business you want to build? What is the service you want to offer? Who are you offering it to? And how are you delivering it? You want to get crystal clear on those. And then you want to look at what are your non-negotiables? And when you just say, I want to be there for my kids, that's not specific enough. So what we need you to do is say, I want to be available for soccer team carpool Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I want to be able to volunteer in the kids' classrooms twice a month. I want to X, Y, Z. Then what we do is we look at this as if it's we're entering it into the GPS. You want X business that does A, B, and C, treating D, E, and F by delivering, <laughs> you know, JKL. Like, you know where I'm going with this. So that idea. So that way, it's the same things. Our non-negotiables become like those specific settings we put in the GPS. Avoid the freeway. I don't want to pay a toll. Avoid traffic. Come up with alternate routes. Those are going to be your non-negotiables so that you are working towards your specific goal, avoiding your non-negotiables, and then getting creative about everything else. And then because so much of this is so esoteric, so in your head, so pie in the sky. I always like to end this being really pragmatic so that you create a daily check-in for yourself where you are saying, was, you know, given that I'm crystal clear on who I want to be and how I want to move through the world and what I want my life and business to look like, did I make decisions that got me closer to that or further away? Because in the moment, you might not always know, but at the end of the day, you can go, oh, I kind of played small. I turned down a networking opportunity. I, you know, I did this. I really kind of should have, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like you will be able to do that like self-evaluation. So then as you look back on those past things and the things you said where you might have played small, you might have done this, you then can notice right away. It'll trigger that awareness for you of like, oh my gosh, I totally regretted not saying yes to that networking opportunity. I was invited to be on that podcast and I kind of dodged the issue. Somebody wanted to follow up with me and I didn't follow up in a timely manner. And you will be able to see that those are the behaviors that interrupt you in your progress on your way to your goal. So that like, yes, we absolutely want to set reasonable expectations and we want our competing values to have shared space. But we can't just keep thinking about it. We have to get really specific, clear, measurable, and observable about what we're doing so we can hold ourselves accountable closer to the moment it's happening rather than like at the end of the year. So that way you can, you have time to detour and you have time to find your way. I think this is a really great question. I'm so glad you reached out. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Anybody else who has a question and would like my two cents, you can always find me over at Heather at heathergrayconsulting.com. Thanks so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.